The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to tonight's Borough Kali Institute Leadership Training. Tonight's topic is the functions and duties of treasurer. And this is a good round table discussion for all leaders of affiliates. So I'm going to hand you over to Pam Shaw, who's going to introduce our speakers. Thank you, artists, and good evening to our entire ACB family and all of our friends. We are so excited to be with you this evening. And as Artis said, we have chosen the topic in a roundtable mode to talk about what it's like being a treasurer. We believe that we have assembled three of the wisest people in the American Council of the Blind who have a vast experience and yet come from various backgrounds. And so we think that we're going to learn a lot and we hope you do as well. Our speakers this evening are Lisa George, who is from Washington State. We have, I'm going to get this right, Vita Zavoli, who is from California, and Mark Lear from Florida. So without any further ado, I'm going to turn it back over to artists for a little more instructions, and we're going to get started right away. Thanks again for coming, and we hope that you enjoyed what you learned this evening. Artists, back to you. Yes. I've sent each of the speakers a list of some of the questions that we wanted them to cover. And I'm just going to let you go one at a time and tell about your experiences as treasurer in the office of the affiliates that you've served or chapters and tell about your experience as well as trying to answer some of those questions. And don't worry if you've forgotten some of the questions we sent you. Uh, we'll remind you if we want to have more information from each of you. So who would like to go first? Hmm. You don't volunteer, I guess I'll go in alphabetical order. It'd have to be Lisa. <laughs> well, I saw that Mark was unmuted, so I thought maybe he'd jump in there, but I- I, I was going I'll just, uh, you, yeah, <laughs> almost did. <laughs> If you'd like to go first, Mark, please do. Okay. Um, so I am um, from Florida. At the present time, I'm the treasurer for both FCB, which is our state chapter, as well as um, the Halifax Council, which is the local chapter here in um, Daytona Beach. And so I've been, the FCB uh, does write a budget, so it, you know, because it requires me to do a lot of things with um, the the funds, both for uh, operating and fundraising, as well as uh, spending money on different um, things that we do th that we want to support. The HCB does not write a budget, and that's mainly because it's a small chapter, and in my mind. Um, they don't come to me and, and ask for so many, we don't have any operating, uh, I'm sorry, uh, office th office um, expenses and all that stuff. So it's no need to really do it when we, have, when we want to uh, uh, spend money on either a project or uh, an event for the chapter, then we just spend, we just, I just spend the money. Along with as along as directed by them, I just don't do it on my own. Um, FCB most often sends checks to the membership uh, secretary, and she sends uh, the checks to me. Uh, since we have a couple of options, sending money uh, for sending money, the, then the secretary and I have to stay in contact. We also we use PayPal and Zelle. Uh, to let people send money to us. And as, of course, you can do paper checks too. Paper checks usually go to the secretary, but if anybody PayPals or Zells the um, funds and so forth, they can, I get it, and, and then I can tell the secretary 
that I've gotten from the money. Uh, HCB kind of works the same way. Um, we do have um, Zelle and PayPal for them as well. Uh, and, and money is also can be collected at the meetings. And so it's passed down to me from there into the, and the membership secretary. Um, HCB gets update uh, uh, for how, how do you uh, present information to your board? Well, um, we meet monthly. Um, so if there's any questions, then uh, I can answer questions, of course, of, of our funds and so forth. Um, but they also get an update at the mid-year and convention time. Um, records are, are available. Each, each month I submit a report to our bookkeeper and she files the information. Uh, state, she gets the statements for both bank accounts that I have and our um, Merrill Lynch investment account. And um, yeah, those are the three she gets. And she also gets a handwritten report from me or so that uh, she, she knows where the money's you know, going and I separate it all out. Um, HCB gets a report read to them each month at their, at the, uh, their board meeting and then it also represent that information at the um, uh, chapter meeting that they have each month. Um, well, FCB has a um, balances read to them at the, and the bank statements in for investment, but also the statements are this, this, and it seems to work for them. Um, and then, uh, but any, anytime they ask a question, they can ask a question concerning funds and so forth. HCB always had, um, the report read to them each month and I also do the same thing at the uh, board meeting each month. Um, HFCB has an accountant that files our payroll taxes. She is also involved in when the Form 990 is, is being uh, developed. And right now we're also doing the Form 990N postcard for each of the chapters that uh, have to be, um, each of the chapters have to be registered with and have to do this every year. If they don't, over a period of time, there's going to be a, a penalty from the IRS. Um, HC, HCB files a 990N postcard uh, in November. This is also done by uh, the accountant. Oh, boy, banking. Huh. FCB has to register with SunBiz every year, and it's a $60 uh, fee. Um, each chapter has to, or a chapter and affiliate, are supposed to register with SunBiz and know uh, their EIN number. It is a $60 fee for them too, um, but it's a good for five years. And Sun, if they're not seen in SunBiz, then the bank, if the bank, depends on what the bank does, because some banks don't do it right. Other, other banks are more sticky about it. And so that can cause some inconsistencies and frustration. Um, anyway, uh, well, I think it'd be nice if ACB did something with the treasures. I thought there was something done. I don't know if ACB did it or if, um, you know, a local chapter or, or treasurer here in, the, in FCB did it. But they had uh, some kind of a place you could go and, and go to a meeting and talk about treasury stuff if you needed to. So I think that covers everything for me. Okay, Linda, would you like to go next? And we'll hold um, questions till after all three of you have had an opportunity. Uh, did you mean me, Lisa? Lisa, yes. Okay. What did I say? <laughs> Linda, that's my oh, sister. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, well, I, I thought I would start by kind of giving everyone an overview of the state affiliate in Washington. Washington Council of the Blind is a Washington nonprofit corporation. We are also registered as a charity in the state of Washington. 
and the IRS has designated us a 501c3. So we have those um, different designations. So there's a lot of reporting and filing that we do. And my particular situation, I've been treasurer. I was elected in 2019. So I started January 1st, 2020, which was a year of big change for everybody. And so um, some of the things that I have, um, that I start to do uh, that would normally be a treasurer's duties, I I get it expanded because I'm taking on other duties that had been done by someone else that kind of fit in with the treasurer. So the previous treasurer had a bookkeeper um, and then they also utilize an outside uh, company to, to file their 990 at then in the previous administration. For me, I'm, I'm the treasurer and the bookkeeper. And uh, we use Clifton Larson Allen to file our 990. Um, because in the past, we had used a commercial fundraiser, we are not eligible to file the IRS 990N or the postcard, the short form, we have to do the full-blown long 990 form, which uh, actually today just got done. We, we I reviewed it and we finally got that filed. So it's uh, quite, a, quite a long document, like 35 pages um, with lots and lots of questions. And it's, I rely on the 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 Clifton Larson Allen to make sure I give them the info and they take it and I know that it's um, they're producing the right thing to file with the IRS to to cover that. So um, as I said, so I'm the bookkeeper and the treasurer, which means I am on the bank accounts as well as our president and past president. We we our constitution requires us that. Um, for any of the financial institutions, the bank, uh, or with our investment accounts, that there's three people who are uh, who can sign or or make transactions because we want to make sure we've got that backup in case anything happens. So for our Morgan Stanley investments and for our bank, we have myself, the president, the past president, and uh, but typically I'm the one. To, I'm the one doing all the transactions, making the deposits, um, doing the bill pay. We also use Zelle that, through the bank, and we also have PayPal. And then for a, for a in-person on-site device, we use Zettle, which is um, through PayPal, which at our convention we just had, it was really easy to people come up with their credit card, tap it, and they're done. They paid. So some of that's uh, better than it used to be. So we do have an annual operations budget um, in our state. Uh, the finance committee will start putting next year's operations budget together. They'll ask, get information from the committee leaders, the various committee leaders, you know, what What do you plan to do next year? Do you have some big project on hand? What What funds are you going to require? I'll go to the board and I'll say, these are the uh, line items in the budget that you guys decide whether you want to include or not. Um, and then we compile all that information. We usually have a forum call to, at, to, at, to all the members. They can come and ask questions, which I was uh, flabbergasted and pleasantly surprised that I actually got some really specific questions from members this year. Um, so I think people are paying attention and, and that's great. <laughs> I, I love to share the financial information because every member should be able to ask questions and find out about how our state affiliate uh, works. And then we take that budget, uh, it, it goes to the board and then is ultimately uh, discussed and adopted and, and voted in by the membership. So, um, and so we're doing this on an annual basis at the convention. We go through the line item details if it's if it's asked for, and then that's what we use as a basis for the next year. And on a quarterly basis, I'm providing a, a treasurer's report 
to the board saying, this is what we, our actual expenses and income, and this is what we budgeted for that time period. So give them a, a feel for where we're at. If we're only 10% on income, but we're 30% on expenses, you know, how those things um, come through. So uh, I typically send out information to the board um, using Excel. What we had used QuickBooks in the past, the previous treasurer used QuickBooks. And right now, because it was basically set up for more of a, a small business situation versus a nonprofit, I'm in the process of trying to um, kind of recategorize some things and get QuickBooks up to the right uh, configuration so that I can go forward with that. So basically we're doing, I'm doing everything in Excel. And so I will send information out in Excel. I might um, also do it in a uh, readable PDF, but I, I know that there's some difficulty with the PDF situation right now. Um, or I put the information in the body of an email. We've got some board members and that's the way they want to see it. They want to be able to read through everything that way. So um, I have tried to go use a Zoom call to get information to the board um, when we had to go through that 35-page 990 filing, and we we didn't get through a quarter of it. it. It's very detailed, but it is one of the questions on that 990 form is, how do you get this information approved or is this information given to your board? <laughs> That's one of the questions and you need to answer yes to. So um, I keep trying to do that. So um, as far as how I collect dues and that, you know, since 2020 and all of our, all of our chapters were basically not meeting in person. It was very difficult to get information and checks passed back and forth. So we decided to start um, collecting dues online. And I would collect at the state level, I would collect dues for local chapters if, you know, if they wanted to pay that way. And then uh, it's, it's good and bad. It's created a place where it's very convenient for our members, especially if they're um, in multiple chapters. Maybe they're in the the statewide affiliate, that's the uh, guide dog users. And they're also in a local chapter, they can pay their state dues, their ACB dues, their guide dog dues, their local chapter dues, all together, all at once, and they're done. It makes a little bit more record keeping on my uh, on my side, but I have a uh, bi monthly call with all of the treasurers of our our uh, chapter affiliates, and um, they ask questions, and I give them information, and we kind of always uh, are in communication. And that has really, I think, proven to be good for, for me to know what they're doing and for them to know what I'm doing at the state level. So, um, so we're, we are continuing to do that with the, with the dues. It's in our constitution that dues, that a person becomes a member of Washington Council of the Blind when the dues are received either by the state treasurer me or through a local chapter. So we, we did have to make that um, amendment to our constitution to make sure that I could, uh, you know, for the date of when someone becomes a member. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I've covered everything you wanted yet, but I'll, I'll let Vita tell you about California. Okay, Vita, it's your turn. Hello, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, artist Pam, everyone. Uh, so I, I am not a state treasurer. I have, however, I have been treasurer for at least five affiliates in California. So I do have some experience. Um, so so yes, we I do have um, affiliates and chapters that do yearly budgets. And I tend to do the budgets in Excel. 
But when I give them to the chapter of the affiliate, I transfer it into Word because I find that most people are more comfortable reading in a Word format. Um, and then bookkeeping records, I tend to keep a ledger uh, to for day-to-day -day transactions. So anytime there's a transaction, whether it's paying dues or uh, we're paying money out somewhere, all of those transactions go in a ledger in an Excel format that I keep. And then when people pay dues, I actually have a word format where I write down their name. Now, that isn't really necessary because I do have it in Excel and I can look at the names there. But uh, it's just my little extra step that I choose to, to take. Um, and then if um, if I'm at a place where I'm getting dues, so sometimes at a chapter meeting or affiliate meeting, we, a lot of people are paying dues at once. Um, in order not to slow down the process, uh, I will use a recorder. I have an Olympus recorder, but of course, there's all kinds of other methods. Methods you can use, you know, your iPhone memo. Uh, feature or, or other devices um, and that makes it go really fast and then when I get home I can process everything um, without holding people up and I have used um, in the various affiliates the Square app which allows you to you can put in credit card numbers or you can have someone um uh, give you a credit card and you plug it into a device. You can also do tap now. Um, so there's various ways to do square. I've also done PayPal for some of the affiliates. So, of course, there's various ways to do that. And Zelle, someone already mentioned that. Um, and then I usually deposit checks by using my phone without having to go to the bank i um i just use most of the banks now have accessible means of depositing checks so um you know as a totally blind person that's something um you know you have to uh take a little time to do and figure out but it certainly can be done so presenting information to boards, so of course that depends on the makeup of the board, um, but I usually do quarterly reports that I send out electronically in a word format, unless someone requests it differently. Um, and, and I think this is really important because you have to have a record in, in an electronic format. That doesn't mean uh, we can't provide it in a braille format as well, um, but there has to be some electronic uh, record so that the next treasurer has all that information, or if you're audited, all that information is in your history. Um, So I haven't done a lot of work with IRS. I have completed incorporation papers online independently. Um, a lot of the government sites do have accessible forms that you can complete independently. I'm not saying it's easy, <laughs> but it can be done. Um, However, in the past, I worked for a company where I used QuickBooks, and I did like QuickBooks. Um, and so I think, like Lisa said, it has to be designed specifically for your type of organization.
And should ACB set up um, a training for treasurers? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're at a point in California where we see a number of affiliates um, changing their constitutions uh, to change terms for the treasurers because it's it's a job that a lot of people don't want. Uh, and I think a big part of it is just being frightened of, you know, I don't know how to deal with numbers. I mean, yes, you have to have some comfort with numbers, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not doable. Um, and you do have to have um, some details, skills with detail as well. Now, if there's a training, I do suggest that presidents and vice presidents are invited to attend as um, one, they may need to fill in for the treasurer at times. And secondly, in the end, uh, a, a president is responsible for the information that is delivered. And you also mentioned about banking. Um, in, in the past, uh, when I've gone to the bank to create an account, they usually request minutes of the where the when you were elected as treasurer. They usually request a constitution um, and bylaws, uh, and they usually want a certification from the parent organization because they do look up the organization online. So I think I've covered most of your questions, and I think we are ready for questions. Okay. I think Mark was the only one that didn't answer the question about uh, what mode do you give the uh, board um, your information? Do you use like Word or Excel or um, how do you transmit information? If I transfer anything, it transmit anything to the board. Um, like I said, I do talk during the uh, board meetings as well as um, but I, as well as, uh, um, the president's meetings and so forth that we have, but I can send, uh, my word documents that I send to the, the, um, uh, bookkeeper each month as well. Great. Thank you. Okay. Pam, did you have any questions you wanted to ask the three of them? Well, as you know, I always have questions, okay? So <laughs> one thing um, I'm curious about is what kind or what assist assistive technology do you use? And also, uh, do you use Braille? I did hear someone mention several you know, possible of alternate formats, but just would like to know that. Uh, and it's for, for everybody. For myself is Mark. Um, I use uh, uh, Fusion, the F Fusion software. Plus, I use Excel, and I use uh, Word primarily. As and I'm also very fluent in using the web and so forth to look things up. Um, but I use my assistive technology is Fusion. Thank you, Lisa. Anybody else? Yeah. Well. Uh, I'm this is Lisa. I'm sighted, so I, I don't need assistive technology, thankfully. Um, but I I had a question too for the others. In our state, our state excuse affiliate me, Lisa, before you excuse me, Lisa, before yeah. you go on, we had one other person who didn't get a chance to answer the question, and that was Lisa. Lisa Vita. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm learning voices. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind name change. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, what assistance I use JAWS, um, I use Excel, I use Word, I use my iPhone a lot. Um, I'll, you know, I'll use a calculator, I'll use a, a recorder, <laughs> I use Braille, I use whatever I need to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank all three of you. Thank you very much. Go ahead, Lisa. 
Well, so I had a, I was curious because in our state, we don't have any employees. I know Mark said that he gave payroll information to the bookkeeper. So, you know, in our state, we are all volunteers. We have no employees. And I was wondering in Florida and California, uh, what your situation is. Um, in Florida, we, we pay our, um, our administrative assistant and she gets a, a monthly salary. Um, and that information is what I was talking about when Pam does payroll taxes, that that's what that's for. So whenever I submit my information to our accountant, then I have a, um, a log or a spreadsheet of all the e monthly transactions that I've done for our, um, our, um, administrative administrative person so we do also have two employees and administrative assistant and someone who's working on a project um and we, the state treasurer handles that so i really don't know the uh, the methods in which they um converse there well, I'm I'm thankful that we don't have employees because that adds another layer of complexity to the job as of treasurer um, when you do have employees and you have to do the quarterly taxes and all that stuff. So yeah, thank you. Well, this is Julie. <laughs> I'm going to just chime in. I'm curious what kind of background you would recommend a treasurer come to the job with. Um, obviously they need to have some sense of probably money, accounting, et cetera. What do you think would be the best background to, to have if you were going to do the job? And any of the three can answer or all three. Well, personally, um, everybody, I think a treasurer at this point in time has to have a lot of the computer skills and have that ability to look things up, use, use a spreadsheet, um, you be familiar with the banking stuff and you can do all the, with the ways you can work to, uh, receive or send money. Um, because I try to do everything that I do electronically. I do not usually write checks if I don't need to. Um, I pay people either through Zelle or I pay them, um, online through the online bill pay, but I very rarely ever write a check. So. So this is Lisa. I would say uh, detail-oriented, <laughs> um, obviously uh, comfortable with numbers, and trying to be accurate because there's so many things that you are responsible for. Um, if, if you don't have good organizational skills and, and detail, uh, you know, focus on the details, it, there's a lot of things that, that might not go quite right. <laughs> Yeah, so besides what was already mentioned, detailed and accurate records, um, and I would say reasonable electronic uh, skills, um, I think the ability to present, and this is something that can be taught, so it's not something you need to have uh, immediately when you come to the table, but the ability to present verbally your information in a fashion that's clearly understood by the audience. Great, great answers. <clears throat> One of the questions I, that always comes to mind for me is, um, did you um, request to get your position or did um, someone think that you were a good person to ask? I believe for myself, I was recommended, um, you know, uh, the treasurer that was before me was wanting to get out of the position and at the time, the president of the FCB um, approached me and and um, and said, asked if I would do it, and I did. 
This is Lisa. I have been on the finance committee um, for WCB probably for about eight years. And I, I joined it when Burl Colley was the chair of that committee. So I got to work with Burl. Um, I've always been interested in numbers. I have a, a master's degree in finance. And the previous treasurer, Deb Cook-Lewis, asked me if I would run. And so I did. This is Vita. The first time I was treasurer, I actually asked to do the job. Uh, I I had never been a treasurer before, but I'm, I'm a very detailed and organized person. Uh, and then I fell in love with the job. And from there, I was recommended um, several times. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear, you know, how people, you know, got more involved. What do you think is the most important um, thing for a treasurer to remember as they're doing their job? What's the most important thing? And then I'm going to let Pam, if she has a question, otherwise we'll go to the audience. I think it's important to remember when things are due. You know, if you have certain things that have to be filed by a certain time, then you need to do it um, and get it done so that uh, you don't get penalized for missing a time, missing a date. Yeah, it's definitely juggling <laughs> to, to juggle everything together. And what I when I came in as treasurer, I'm very, very thankful for those who came before me because one of the things that they had set in place was in WCB, the, the treasurer, there, there's a Gmail account. The email always stays the same and it passes from one treasurer to the next so that that continuity can be there because there's so many things that are uh, with the bank or with signing up for we we have a combined fund drive in the state of Washington. And if you get approved, you'll, you will get electronic uh, transfers of those donations. So there's so many things that are, that are, are set up at, with that you do as a treasurer. And when you can pass that off to the next treasurer and then they can take it right up and keep going. Uh, so it's, it's getting the continuity in place is really important. Wow. This is Vita. To add to that, I would say, remember that um, people are relying on you with their money. And this is crucial, right? Everyone wants to be um, considered and, and, you know, they want to make sure that their funds are going to the correct location uh, and are being handled in a respectful way. So, you know, people need to feel that the person who is responsible for the money really cares about what they're doing and handling it properly. And the other thing I want to put in here uh, that Lisa kind of pointed out is that it's so important to have a go-to person. There should be someone you can go to, doesn't have to be in your affiliate, doesn't have to be in your state, but someone that you know that really can, uh, when you get in a pinch, can you can call and say, help, I, I don't remember how to do this, I don't know how to do this, I need some advice. Um, have that go-to person. Yes, Artis, I do have a question, and then I'll give it back to you for the audience. Lisa, Vita, and Mark, being a treasurer sounds like, though, a very, very busy job and one that you have to stay on top of. How do you balance being a treasurer with the rest of your life? In other words, what we sometimes call work and life balance. How do you really make it all work in the course of all that I'm sure you do? Thank you, and it's for each of you. Um, 
Um, this is Mark, and I can say it's not easy. Um, <laughs> there are things that have to be done. I do work the part-time job with Freedom Scientific here in Florida. And so I work that around with uh, my uh, personal business. And usually the work for Treasury is done uh, in the nighttime because that's the best time I have for, you know, um, the quiet house. And, <laughs> and um, I can do the things I need to do. And I get off this phone call, I'll probably be going right back to the computer on, <laughs> and taking care of more business. Thank you. This is Lisa. I, I totally hear you that, Mark. <laughs> um, I have a part-time job with Department of Services for the Blind. I drive, uh, I'm a reader driver for my husband, who's an assistive technology specialist. So I have demands from him. And the answer is I juggle a lot and I don't know where I find the time, but I do it because I want to do it. And so that that keeps me going, but it's, it is very involved. And sometimes it, it goes in, in, you know, ups and downs. We just finished our state convention at the end of October. Uh, I was mentioning, I just got the uh, 88 page hotel bill that I'm going through, you know, line by line, trying to make sure I, I can pay that big bill. So um, I, I just juggle. <laughs> okay. Thanks. The juggler. <laughs> and this is Vita. I I work full time in IT for um, a healthcare company, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I am treasurer for three affiliates right now. I'm president of another affiliate. I I chair a committee. I I do a number of things. And I um, last year I had to take a real look uh, and say, okay, where do you come in? And so I have um, some, you know, sometimes clearly I'm sitting at the computer in the evenings, going to meetings and so forth. But Saturday and Sunday, I will sit at the computer for two hours at a time on Saturday, possibly two hours on Sunday if necessary. But I make a point to say, look, the rest of the time is mine. Um, right. And it took some real major effort. You know, there were things I had to step back from, um, you know, not attend every single meeting, not, you know, and and also keep a good calendar of when items are due. Thank you. Artis, I'll and, turn it back over to you for questions. Great. Right, sure. <clears throat> okay. Uh, who do we have with raised hands? All right, Becky. Hello, guys. Um, I just want to, first of all, thank you for having this topic. It's, it's a very important one. Um, I, as I was listening, um, you know, I, I am a full-time employee, um, sometimes 40 to 60 hours a week. So I understand the juggling act. Um, my, question kind of is and direction that I'd like to kind of see things go is all three of you are from major huge affiliates where there's a lot of a lot of affiliates and you know special interest or state whichever that are not very big um, and so getting a treasurer in those smaller areas or smaller groups is a lot different than a huge one like you guys out so my question is, and, and kind of a comment too, is it would be grateful to have somebody that you can turn to. Um, I believe, Lisa, you mentioned having somebody to, to call to say, hey, how do I do this? Um, I know when I took over Treasury um, about two and a half years ago, I had no clue. Um, I didn't know who to turn to. Um, I remember asking my president, do you know any treasurers? Uh, the only one I knew was David Trott. Well, I'm not going to call David Trott because he was like, you know, king of national and he doesn't have time for a little little um, affiliate. So I think it'd be important to be able to connect us with other treasurers or any um, uh, officer position. But one of the questions that I struggle with and wonder is 
the 990, you know, some of you mentioned the postcard format. Some of you mentioned the long format. What's the difference and what do I need to be filling out? Because I believe all I did with the help of, thank you, Nancy, uh, Nancy Marks Becker, is I believe we did the postcard. So how do I know which one to do and what I need to keep track of? Well, this is Lisa. Oh, no, go ahead. So I, I can tell you right now, the IRS will tell you whether you need to do that long form. So typically you're going to be doing the, the postcard form because you don't meet their thresholds. They have a certain amount of income for the year. If you have employees, if you uh, use a commercial fundraiser, those are some of the kinds of questions that the IRS says, if you do that, you've got to do the long form. And so that's why in Washington, we we have to do the long form. We don't have employees, but we use the services of a commercial fundraiser in the past and the the amount of money. So if if you're allowed to do the postcard form, you should be good to continue to do that. But yeah, the postcard form says that if you don't earn fifty thousand, you know, as if, if you don't go above fifty thousand, that's where you are. Um, so that's what we do. Each, each of our little, uh, chapters have to do the, uh, 990 and postcard. And then the state, the FCB has to follow the 990 form. All right. Becky, are you good? I'm good for now. All right. Matt. Matt Selm. Matt, you've been allowed to talk. All right, let's go to Christy. You may unmute. Christy, are you there? Okay, so um, my question also has to do with a couple of things that you said, Mark. Um, the You mentioned that each of your um, each of your chapters needs to fill out a um, a um, nine ninety postcard, and that they have to have a separate EIN. Are your chapters um, affiliated under the umbrella of FCB, or are they each chapter incorporated on its own? And if you have chapters under the umbrella of FCB. Do they need to fill out something with an EIN separately? And if so, how do they get that EIN? The EIN, and yes, every chapter has to have an EIN number um, because that's the only way you can, you know, uh, file the 990N postcard. In this 990N postcard that they do, um, we, they come up as, um, under the floor, every, every chapter, the first thing it says doing, uh, Florida Council of the Blind. And in that form, you're also doing business as, let's say, Halifax Council of the Blind. So that's me and my uh -huh. local chapter. So they have to tell, they, they have to, um, list that information. Um, but we're all under. Uh, the Florida Council of the Blind, the Florida Council has its own EIN number. And then each chapter that's doing this has to have their own EIN number. How do they and get that? You arrange that through the IRS. Um, but that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's never easy to talk to the IRS and get any information from them. But it does work. You have to get that information from them. Wow. Need more more education about that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think so, that needs to be researched further because mm -hmm. I thought that had to do with incorporation. Uh, yeah, Lisa, it, what was your? Yeah, uh, I was going to ask Mark. So, Mark, you're telling me that Florida Council of the Blind holds the 501c3 designation and they allow their chapters and affiliates to use their no. tax exempt status. Because that's kind of how it looks like. And we don't do that in Washington. 
Washington we Council of the Blind has their own tax status, and every chapter that's in the state has to have their own tax status. So we oh. we are independent that way. Mm, as far as I know, the way we're doing it, uh, you know, they have the we have a local statewide tax sales tax exemption that each one of our chapters has the use of. Um, but they have their own EIN numbers, and if uh, if if they want to do something else, they can. But I've never seen you know they're usually under our umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so it it sounds like you definitely have to know in your state how mm. the state affiliate and the the local chapters what that what relationship there is to know how you're going to be filing taxes, but mm -hmm. yeah, that that's another level of complication. <laughs> yeah. So in California, each the, the chapters, you can have your own incorporation status in which means you will file separately. Um, but if you don't have your own incorporation status, we fill out a fundraising report every year that goes to the state treasurer and she handles uh, getting all of our tax information in. All right, Matt, are you able to unmute? Remember, you have to hit the got it button. Well, no, not not in webinar, honey. Oh, not in webinar. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I noticed I had a hit. Okay, maybe that was just okay to know that I that I that it was recorded. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to Mary. You may unmute. Hello. Hi. Go ahead. Mary. Uh, Okay, my question to whoever might be able to answer this is I have been a part of two different 501c3 organizations that are not part of the blindness community or anything like that. And we have in our constitution and our bylaws a way for to have membership committee audits or uh, we have audits by committee. Of, of the treasury. I know that that would be a complication with ACB, but what do our treasurers on the panel think that we have in, in place as safeguards instead of having outside audits or membership audits of the treasury on a periodic basis? What are some of the safeguards that we do have in place? This is Lisa. Um, and so in, in our state, we have a finance committee and the finance committee does review the information that's put, you know, that I would give out to the board. Um, we've, we've got multiple people uh, who have access to get transaction reports and, and statements from the financial institutions and, and, and such. But we we do we have not done an audit. We have not had an outside audit in quite a while. Um, but we would do that if necessary. So it's um, that's what we have in place. We we've, we've got the finance committee who's who's um, overseeing that. Um, we have I'm, done. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, we have done outside audits and we have um, a budget committee. Uh, we have not done any kind of audit, um, but we do have the finance committee that's which I chair uh, and I get my those people together to help me run, uh, help me set up the budget and so forth, as well as we do talk. I do talk to the fundraising committee um, as well, so they know what they know what's going on that way. Thank you. I think, you know, those are good safeguards to have in place. Thank All right. You. Matt, are you able to unmute? 
All right, you have five minutes. And Janine, go ahead. Hey, Mark, you can never leave us as treasurer. I've de we've decided in Florida you're stuck forever. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, with oh, and and the questions they were asking in Florida, we have to pay to use our. Well, they have the five hundred one c, and we we pay a percentage per our chapters of our fundraising or a flat amount if we don't go over a certain amount. So we help with the five hundred one c three. So I wanted to say thank you guys for having this call. Uh, and the 990 thing is a big question for everyone, even us. And I, um, how my question is, is how many forms of payment do you think you should have for your chapter? I, like, should there be three or four? Cause I, some people like Zelle, some people like Venmo, some people like PayPal, some people like just cash or check so I think that's my question is how many forms of payment as treasurers do you guys think is the best to have for your chapters or your state well I'm I'm all about accessibility for people and convenience so I try to it depends on whatever bank whatever the bank will offer so when we bank with Chase we have Zelle and we also have our PayPal. Of course, PayPal uh, takes money from us. So if you send me the $12 for membership that we collect, then I'm going to get uh, a little less than that through PayPal. But if you do it through Zelle, of course, it's through the bank and they don't take anything out uh, in addition to that. But um, as far as how many, well, whatever works for each state and it works for the convenience of the uh, membership is what we need to do. All right, you do so have this, one more hand, so do you have so, time for that? Um, oh. If it's a quick question, because I do have some final comments to make. Well, we'll see. Diane? Hello. So my question is for Lisa. You mentioned that um, you have to set a quick books between from a small business to a nonprofit what is the difference in accounting for that well um the quickbooks version that they had had originally was a small business version not the nonprofit version and so as a nonprofit we accept donations and some of those donations may be restricted and some can be unrestricted and we have to keep those pools of money separate so when someone gives me $100 and says, use it where you, you need it, it's unrestricted. Somebody gives me $100 and says, I want this to be used for the crisis assistance program that you show on your website and in your materials. And so that means I can only use that $100 for that program. So the setting up QuickBooks and having it set up so that you're you're utilizing the things in the software to be able to allow you to track those programs separately that's that's what i'm trying to get to because the 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 small business version doesn't really address that okay lisa we are at one minute until the hour okay well thank you I want to let all of you know that if anyone is interested, if you go on the ACB website, there is a section called resources. And under that, there are manuals for the different officer positions of an affiliate. Um, they're not chat for a chapter, they're for an affiliate. Um, so you might find that of interest. Also remember, we have these Burl Collie leadership training um, seminars each month, the second Thursday night each month at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. So take advantage of all the trainings we have. 
And if you'd like to see more uh, treasurer ones, okay. uh, more specific, please let us know and we can put that on our list of uh, follow-up seminars. Thank you. And, and thank you to our host and our streamers and um, everyone that assisted in this and all of our speakers, especially.